Hi, I'm Janet Deneef, founder and director of the Ubud Writers and Readers Festival. You're about to hear one of the highlight sessions of our 2019 event, which featured 180 storytellers from 30 countries and was explored through our theme of karma. So please settle in and let the magic of our 16th year continue. Hi there all. How are you? I hope all of you are still feeling energized. Uh, so once again, welcome to the third day of the Ubud Writers and Readers Festival. I hope you had the chance to really enjoy all the sessions. And today, we're going to have a quite a fun session, and we're going to talk with three young creators who have been part of you know, what we call the revival of you know, all the sequential, sequential panels of uh, graphics, of text, of bubble text, you know, uh, that we have been embracing and love and, you know, what we call comic. And today, uh, I will be, you know, uh, taking command of the session. I'm uh, feeling for Mr. Richard Oh. And then together with Ani, Ani will, you know, be part of our discussion too. She will be, you know, the interpreter tonight, uh, today. And then, uh, we do understand that comic has been an escape, you know, for many, for all of us. You know, it has bring us to a lot of fantasy and whimsical worlds with, you know, far-reaching uh, adventures. And today, uh, our session is called Homegrown Heroes, uh, where our speakers today will talk about, you know, the idea of heroes, supervillains and superheroes, that also projects universal values, but from a local or homegrown perspective. So do wel uh, welcome to Homegrown Heroes. And today, uh, our speakers, I would like to introduce them to you uh, briefly. So first of all, we have Rizka Ramli. She just graduated from high school. Now she's currently uh, uh, an undergraduate student at Isiden Pasar. And she's an illustrator from Makassar, and she has been influential, she's been uh, drawn to the world of comics, and she has been participating, you know, uh, with thousands from 130 countries, and she just won, you know, uh, I, do, I do believe this is your first award, yeah? Uh, it's the UNICEF's School Superhero Comic Contest, and her comic was exhibited in the world leaders at the United Nations headquarters in New York just this July 2019. Please, a warm uh, applause, uh, welcome to Rizka. And secondly, uh, we have Putu Supartika. Yeah, he's uh, from Desa Manggis, Manggis village in Karangasem, and he's been pretty uh, active in uh, bringing a lot of Balinese texts, Balinese literature, in terms of graphic novels with uh, a lot of his uh, friends. And he is also the manager of Suara Saking Bali online magazine. And his Balinese and Indonesian works have appeared in you know, both the local and national media. And his books include the Joget Lan Bojok Luh, Anesetata Ngantiang Ujan, Rikala Bintangne Makacak di Langite. I mean, that, that itself is really a mouthful. So it's pretty much a, a story about the Joget dancer with the uh, apa, monkey who are constantly waiting for the rain uh, amidst the sky full of stars. And the other one is a translation of Putul Oka Sukanta's uh, work uh, into Balinese titled Meme Moko. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Putu Supartika. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, I introduce you to uh, Rizky Mosmarth, and he's better known as Eki. And he's, be, he's an editor, writer, and comic artist uh, and he is, uh, in he is part of the Bumi Langit Extended Universe, uh, who manages more than a thousand characters by a legendary Indonesian comic artist. And as you can see, he has brought a lot of the sequential panels of Gundala, one of our most revered superhero uh, in Indonesia, aside from Mandala and Sibuta dari Gua Hantu, or the blind from the uh, Phantom Cave. So, without further ado, another one applause for all of our speakers. So we have a one-hour session, and this, in this session, we're going to spend time uh, talking with them for 
30 to 40 minutes, and I will let also uh, Eki to present uh, his latest works with the extended universe. And then, you know, uh, definitely uh, I would uh, provide time for all of you, our lovely guests, uh, for a question and answers at the end of the uh, session. So, kita mulai pertama, Mbak Ani, dengan adik Rizka. Rizka, how are you? Feeling well? Yeah? Yeah, she's happy, yeah? Sorry, I said I was sleepy. Oh, you're sleepy. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So in that case, we're just gonna go straight into it, and then from all of the many expressions, you know, the medium of expressions, how did you know? How did you became interested in comic? How come comic? You know, you really had the the love for comics. Can you tell all of us? Yo. So when I was a kid, uh, all of my three other brothers and sisters. Uh, they are already invested in comics so much that it got me influenced when I was in five when I was five years old. So at the age of seven, I already read comics that for adults, which is okay for me because I I wasn't really paying attention to the to that story. I was really into the graphic, uh, more more into the visual of the comic itself, which is it leads me to until this now that um, where I find it's really fun to see lots of varieties of visual in comics itself. Like, lots, like the Japanese version of comic manga is different from the local Indonesia. Like all of their countries uh, in the world, they have their own characteristic on making comics, which is why I really like reading comics. So you were, uh, I mean, you really got involved in comics because of these visual aspects of it first. Yeah, the visual itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, can you tell us what was the, your early, you know, readings? What, what kind of comics was that? Was it foreign comics or pretty much Indonesian comics? Um, uh, in my in my in my house, I used to read a lot of comic uh, created by Inoue Takahiko. He he made Slam Dunk and Vagabond. Uh, the visual itself is really realistic and so detailed that. I was really amazed by the visual itself instead of the story. And um, for the Indonesian itself, uh, the comic from Indonesia that I really like recently, it's actually from an indie creator named Nadia Rizki. She made a graphic novel for, for let's say, I forgot the, the, the name where she worked for, for but yeah, she mostly um, published her own work in Twitter and maybe in Instagram. But you, oops. Now, now the microphone is sleepy. <laughs> so, but have you ever been drawn into, you know, like the legendary comics of Mahabharata and Ramayana, you know, that that we grew up to. You know, my, you know, most of our first experience with comics in Indonesia was by Er Akosasi. Yeah. So you were never drawn into the legendary stories about the eternal battle between good and evil, you know? Yeah, actually really interested in that in 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 story. But maybe since I was born in two thousand and one, um, or perhaps where I come from in Makassar, the mm -hmm. the comic itself wasn't really that distributed properly. Yes. Yeah, so that's why I never read uh, any Indonesian comic before, like the before ages, like that. And when did you decided that you want to use the ex the medium of expressions of comics to really convey your messages? You know, I, I mean, uh, we do understand that uh, most of the comics that you read were either in you know foreign languages, you know, uh, and then you were struck by all the visuals and stuff. But and then w what really made you you know choose comics as a medium to express yourself? Yeah, it's actually pretty much from my personal experience when I was a kid. Uh, I used to get bullied by my friends at schools, um, and it makes me hard to express myself with my teachers and parents because they kind of don't want to listen to my story, so instead of telling people with my problem, I turning them into visuals and just to entertain myself, letting my anger out instead of being angry at the bullies. So it was an immediate response uh, for you to tackle such hard issues when you were, you know, quite a young age, and yeah. then uh, how did you transfer that, you know, uh, that really lonesome and then 
negative, you know, negativity around you to become, you know, a message. Can you tell us more about and how did it take you to the contest, the UNICEF contest? Um, so, so the story itself, uh, it comes from different, like different backgrounds of my story. Uh, so there's one time when, when I can I cannot holding back my my emotions, so I have to turn it into uh, into comics just for myself instead of showing to everyone or maybe and just showing to some friends on the internet, uh, and then some of them sometimes say something like oh, you should make a webtoon or maybe publish your own comic because your comic is actually really good. It makes it might actually inspire a lot of people, but uh, I was really shy back then. I was really shy. I don't. Um, st I still have zero confidence on publishing my own works. So, and then one time, when I was uh, browsing on Instagram, I saw UNICEF's advertisement regarding about the comic content itself. I was really interested to participate, but yeah, you know, I'm being procrastinate, like. Sorry. Um, and then when the deadline got near, I tried to force myself. Uh, can I? Can I actually do this? If I can really do this, this is gonna be so latest. And uh, well, it's okay. You're a teenager. You know, it takes time. I, actually, it's really hard to you know um, balancing between comics, drawing, and schools itself. So I actually abandoned my school's homeworks and doing the comic instead because nah, I can do the homework. I, I'm gonna do the comic instead because this is this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm good at. Yeah. So I believe in myself, starting to. Uh, draw the concept, writing the stories, uh, and not sleeping at not sleeping at all, just to finish the deadline itself. And then, uh, it was not intentionally to win the contest itself. Yep. I was just trying to challenge myself. So it was more a healing process for you, a personal longing. And then, when it suddenly become, and then subconsciously, you I mean, you you would definitely realize that it would be such a mess, a strong message to others, and it became a movement. Yeah. Um, it was actually under my second goals because I, did, I didn't expect that it would become this big. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Rizka, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we've been talking about you know the the personal struggle and then the the inner search and then now we have Supartika who actually has been responding to his externalities, you know, how you perceive the Bahasa Ibu, the mother language. And what, what was the case about really, you know, uh, putting, you know, your, your love of the mother language in part of your graphic novels? Okay. Uh, saya pakai bahasa Indonesia. Silakan. Bahasa Inggris saya jelek dan saya mungkin lebih pasif pakai bahasa Bali. Nah, itu dia. Yes. Oke. Terima kasih atas waktunya. Uh, kenapa saya uh, tertarik dengan bahasa Bali ya? Uh -huh. Karena saya lahirnya di desa dan uh, saya berada di bawah pegunungan yep. rumah saya. Yep. Jadi setiap hari saya ngobrol dengan bahasa Bali yes. dan Sorry, it's a bit long. Um, so the way I interest it, because I born in Bali, um, I living in a village, and there's the only communication that we usually do is in Bahasa Bali. Yeah. Karena itu setiap hari saya ngomong bahasa Bali. Bahkan saya baru bisa bahasa Indonesia saat kelas berapa ya? Kelas empat lah. Kelas empat SD saya baru bisa bahasa Indonesia secara lancar. Karena setiap hari ya pakai bahasa Bali. In fact, um, I actually just learning um, Bahasa Indonesia when I was in year four. Um, before that, I only speak in Bahasa Bali. Nah, uh, karena itu, uh, saya mulai menulis saat saya kuliah. Pertama terinspirasi dari uh, apa namanya? Koran ya, dari koran saya baca dan saya berpikir, oh saya bisa. Makanya saya uh, menulis dan karena saya bisa bahasa Bali, ya bahasa Bali sih awalnya. So it's because um, I I start writing when I was in a university, um, and I like uh, writing a newspaper. And because my fluency in Balinese language, therefore this is what I'm reading, writing in. I mean, was that because of the uh, lack of affability of you know other literature, your references, pada karena terbatasan daripada media-media lain. Kalau uh, keterbatasan ya 
memang terbatas sih karena mm-hmm. dulu apalagi saya uh, sekolah di desa dan baru saya baru merasakan ada uh, referensi yang lebih mm-hmm. saat saya kuliah di bangku kuliah saya dapat banyak referensi di perpustakaan dan makanya mulai saat kuliah itu saya awali menulis itu. What was the common themes uh, of the Balinese literature yeah, that really uh, made you interested not only to read, analyze, digest, but also to create, you know, in the Balinese language. Um, so when regarding of what that he referenced before, uh, the inspiration is coming up later because that was what in university and I got, um, I got inspiration from the library. Uh, most of the time that's where I start. Yeah. Um, Artinya uh, kan di Bali itu banyak sekali ada tema-tema uh, filosofis gitu. Yeah. Uh, tema-tema mana yang kemudian membuat dirimu memang betul-betul kecantol nih dengan mm-hmm. dengan literatur sastra Bali yang kemudian menghasilkan karya-karyamu? Um, literatur sebenarnya gini ya, uh, saya menuliskan apa yang ada di sekitar saya saja. Misalkan di desa, apa yang ada di desa? Misalkan ada orang gila ya, ada orang gila yang setiap hari pergi jam malam-malam pukul 2 pagi dia pergi, mm-hmm. terus Entah kemana gitu. Saya mencoba menuliskan hal-hal seperti itu gitu. Dan saya mencoba mengangkat uh, kisah-kisah kecil ya. Misalkan uh, dalam cerita anak yang kemarin saya sempat buat tentang uh, pahlawan lingkungan. Misalkan tidak membuang sampah plastik sembarangan gitu. Yeah. Karena uh, berkaitan dengan peraturan gubernur itu ya. Mm-hmm. Yang pembatasan timbulan sampah plastik. Itu 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 sih yang saya angkat. Dan uh, terus terang saja ya uh, masalah Kawin kan di Bali ada banyak kawin dan lain sebagainya. Saya bahkan nyaris uh, tidak begitu mengenal karena di keluarga saya memang buk, uh, tidak gini sama literasi ya, tidak melek literasi gitu. Jadi saya belajar sendiri dan itu pun mulai kuliah gitu. Wah, kuliahnya waktu itu di Denpasar? Uh, di Singaraja. Oke. Okay. Di Buleleng. Uh, so most of the topic I take on my writing is um, local stories. Uh, what I learned uh, in my village, uh, some story about, for example, the story that that um, I'm interested in crazy people who going out at night at 2 p.m. or another one, which is uh, some local stories such as uh, regarding to the governor, a new instruction about um, uh, the uh, waste um, situation, and I'm writing about a local hero who are doing a lot of good deed on the local waste management stuff. Kemudian ba- bagaimana ke, uh, apa kamu kan tentu akhirnya menemukan sebuah komunitas yang juga punya kegamaran sama, you know, you you found yourself as a part of, you know, a community that really uh, took care of the um, you know, the philosophy of Balinese uh, literature. And you wanted to present it, and you made Suara Saking Bali, yeah, the voice of Bali, the voice from Bali. Can you tell me more about that portal and how, uh, you know, your your, how you perceive, about you used technology to really spread the message? Suara Saking Bali itu uh, saya buat tahun 2016. Itu juga saat masa-masa akhir saya kuliah. Mm-hmm. Mungkin karena saya ngambil jurusan pendidikan matematika ya. Uh, Waktu akhir-akhir kuliah kan agak menjemukan segitu, menjemukan sekali, apalagi nunggu dosen yang sulit sekali ditemui. Akhirnya saya berpikir, apalagi kan media yang berbahasa Bali itu sangat jarang ya. Mm-hmm. Akhirnya saya berpikir gimana caranya biar saya bisa menampung karya-karya teman yang baru belajar ataupun yang senior yang dulu mungkin tidak banyak dikenal ya. Mm-hmm. Saya ketik ulang, saya muat di sana. Terus saya sebarkan, terus uh, saya ajak teman-teman, mari kita buat seperti ini, kita uh, ya kita bangkitkanlah mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. tradisi sastra Bali, khususnya sastra Bali modern ya, karena sastra klasik terus terang saja saya uh, agak kurang gini, kurang kenal gitu. Mm-hmm. Terus akhirnya uh, itu awalnya sebuah blog, terus berkembang uh, pada bulan kira-kira Oktober 2016 saya berpikir saya harus uh, membuat satu Apa, kayak file dalam bentuk file ya filenya PDF itu yang saya sebarkan lewat media sosial saya sebarkan lewat WhatsApp dan lain sebagainya mm-hmm. uh, biar semakin familiar ya uh, yep. 
sastra Bali itu ya. Karena siapa sih yang baca tulisan berbahasa Bali saat ini gitu. Apalagi yes. generasi muda, walaupun ada, tapi yep. kita bisa hitung dengan jari. So, was it more about, you know, promoting the use of the Balinese language, or more about your keenness to the stories of that is inspired by the Balinese culture? Apakah karena kekhawatiranmu terhadap uh, kurangnya penggunaan bahasa Bali, atau pada memang ketertarikanmu pada cerita-cerita itu yang mendorong melahirkan suara saking Bali ini? Sebenarnya kedua kedua alasan itu masih ya. Mm-hmm. Pertama saya memang uh, tertarik dengan cerita-cerita yang berbahasa Bali. Kedua ya memang saya tertarik biar apa? Biar semua orang bisa baca. Di mana akses? Uh, kita tahu di Bali uh, untuk portal yang menyediakan tulisan sastra Bali ya uh, hampir tidak ada men, uh, sepengetahuan saya dan memang tidak ada mungkin. Dan inspirasi itu juga datang dari penulis-penulis Indonesia dari Jogja misalkan kita nggak bisa seperti itu di Bali gitu makanya atas dasar itu oke okay, uh, itulah yang saya lakukan so quite long to translate it I suppose okay I just go to my notes um, he he started um, writing or doing that portal um, on to the around 2016 at the end of study university and put to itself a study uh, mathematician. Uh, he thinks it's a bit bored at the end of the um, uh, end of the uh, university. So he created um, uh, Suara Bali, um, specialized in Balinese language. Uh, he collected all the story in Balinese language from friends and senior author and then he distribute and create a platform for them. Um, he's concentrated on new uh, Balinese literature um, as a blog. Um, he create all um, them in, put in a file on a PDF and distribute it to uh, friends. And being a blog itself, then it's more uh, widely spread of uh, distribution and connected with other people from other area who interested on the Balinese language. So Putu also mentioned that his exploration was more towards the language at first, you know, how he views that uh, there has been uh, a lack of interest from the young generation to really speak the language. And then, uh, and then one of his method is actually to promote the use of the mother language is by you know, unearthing a lot of uh, local stories that can be related to the youngsters. So Putu, kemudian apakah ini juga mendorong kamu mempelajari lebih banyak tentang sastra Bali? Gitu. Uh, sambil jalan ya, sambil jalan. Ya, saya berkenalan dengan uh, penulis bahasa Bali yang lebih senior dari saya. Dan dari sana, oke, okay. Uh, sudah pasti ya, saya banyak belajar tentang teknik mereka menulis dalam bahasa Bali, terus tentang kosakata-kosa kata yang mungkin saya belum kenal di desa saya, jadinya saya lebihlah dapat uh, pengetahuan dan kosakata baru gitu. Terus uh, selanjutnya uh, dari bahasa Bali ini, saya juga belajar gimana mengembangkan uh, teknik yang saya gunakan dalam bahasa Bali untuk menulis dalam bahasa Indonesia walaupun uh, tidak begitu bagus sih. So besides um, that, I also um, I learn from a lot of uh, the the senior who writing in a, a Balinese literature. I learn from them uh, grammatically in Balinese language, and also learning new vocabularies. Mm-hmm. Uh, also uh, with them, um, I learn how, and also I try to work on my technique by. Um, using uh, the Balinese and then translate it into Baza Indonesia um, and sometimes success, sometimes still work hard on that as well. How was the response during those times, you know, the, during the early years of the portal? I mean, uh, definitely you had a crowd, but, uh, you know, how was the, dis- the discussion? Was it engaging okay, enough for you to, you know, keep moving yeah. forward? Okay, untuk respon dari uh, pembaca, Iya, bisa dibilang cukup menarik ya. Karena uh, banyak yang siswa itu 
yang awalnya mereka takut untuk menulis dalam bahasa Bali. Oke, saya saya ajak. Kalau mereka bilang ke saya, saya mau nulis gimana caranya? Oke, kirim saja gitu. Ini nggak ada kayak apa namanya seleksi ketat gitu. Saya ingin uh, ada tempat loh biar bisa menulis saja itu sudah bagus dalam bahasa Bali gitu. Apalagi kalau misalnya kan pakai seleksi standar tertentu, saya kira akan banyak yang ketakutan menulis dalam bahasa Bali gitu. Makanya uh, itu sih uh, respon dari mereka gitu. The response quite interesting and lots of uh, student and I also encourage them to send it to me um, because uh, being able to write, especially in Balinese, is really important and also my portrait itself uh, wouldn't provide any no selection. You, everyone can write and send it to Putu. And when did the graphics came into being, you know, the, the visual? Arti pemanfaatan visual ini sehingga menjadi sebuah graphic novel atau komik itu seperti apa ceritanya? Oke, okay, yang itu uh, itu sebenarnya cerita anak, judulnya Loh Ayu Manikmas. Uh, itu uh, ceritanya seorang perempuan yang uh, peduli dengan lingkungan. Mereka mengajak orang-orang untuk peduli lingkungan ya. Uh, itu awalnya adalah program dari uh, Bahasa Bali Wiki. Ada kamus uh, online Bahasa Bali Wiki namanya. Terus uh, kita sebenarnya tiga seri itu yang pertama ada tentang Tresno Ringalas atau menyuk, e, cinta pada hutan, yang kedua membuat e, perpustakaan keliling dan ketiga e, mencintai lingkungan yang e, saya atau pahlawan lingkungan lebih tepatnya judulnya. E, itu e, karena gini, kita ingin mengangkat perempuan, perempuan ya, perempuan e, khususnya, perempuan yang e, dianggap sebagai pahlawan walaupun dia tidak melakukan hal yang besar, Misalkan saya dari sekolah ditanamkan bahwa pahlawan adalah orang yang berjuang, dia merebut kemerdekaan gitu. Tapi di sana uh, konsepnya beda ya. Uh, seorang perempuan yang peduli hal-hal kecil, itu kita uh, perlu anggap bahwa mereka adalah pahlawan. Gitu. Misalkan ya salah satunya peduli dengan, misalkan kita tidak membuang sampah plastik aja sembarangan itu kita anggap sebagai pahlawan. Dan beranjak dari, dari sana, uh, kolaborasi dengan uh, ada ilustrator namanya Bli Gusdar kayaknya membuat itu uh, cerita anak itu so lo hayu manikmas you know one of the heroine was inspired you know from you know the 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 fact that you know this this uh, super yeah and then of Balinese women you know the hardships of the Balinese women and it's such a fitting role and for Putu, the use of, uh, you know, uh, the when we win, when we go to, you know, the gender inequalities and and everything. Uh, so, you know, uh, a woman can take charge uh, of her life, of her environment, and uh, become a role model, and example for others. So, I mean, it's it's a, such a uh, simple uh, idea, but a really an effective way, and. Which you know comes to Eki right now. You know when we talk about heroes, you know superheroes and supervillains. Yeah. But before that, Putus Partikel, ladies and gentlemen. Eki, you have been you know instrumental in the revival of a lot of our. Well, you know, that, that's super, too, too highly speaking of me. Well, you know the superheroes <laughs> and supervillains, and you know first of all, you know tell us more about your you know current project and. You know, especially the fame Gundala, and then also how it you know connects to the extended universe of Bumi Langit. So uh, Gundala is actually a character of hero that was developed in 1969 by Harya Suraminata, or we we know him as Hasmi. It was created 50 years ago and already published into 23 comics and one of few original art, it's not original art, but the original uh, comics uh, is exhibited here. So this is the comics from the 60s, the 70s and the 80s from Pak Hasmi, uh, which now we develop for new readers in form of comics, animation and movie. Uh, the aim is simple, to, to bring back Indonesian uh, comic industry, to bring back Indonesian comic heroes, 
and to achieve new readers because this is a big legacy actually not only from Pak Hasmi but also from uh, Era Kosasi that you have mentioned before which created Sri Asi in 1954 his first Indonesian first superhero also Indonesian first female superheroes uh, and then we have Sibuta dari Guahantu in 1967 it's a long history of uh, sequential art of uh, Indonesian storytelling about how Indonesian creators try to create uh, hero figures that close to Indonesian people. Like if you saw Indonesia, uh, if you saw uh, United States, U.S. superheroes or Japanese characters, they have their own identities. They usually is very close with the issue of uh, migrants, issue of uh, someone that doesn't belong, have to uh, join into a new society. But in Indonesia, we never have that kind of problem. So our Indonesian problem is always about uh, daily life, every day. Like we have uh, pickpockets, we have corruptors, we have like uh, just ordinary villain. That's what Gundala, Godam, Sriasi try to convey. Uh, if, if some of you read the original comics, those characters are almost silly like that that's very indonesian like gundala cannot fly but there's a godam who can fly so pak hasmi and pak wit ns uh, both creators different creators but they cross over their their characters in their comics they're not uh, it's not like right now that we have licensing problem or a copyright problem but uh, back then godam can fly so when gundala and godam try to calling other superheroes uh, Godam will take Gundala on his back and then fly together and then Gundala will flash lightning yes. as a sign so we uh, DC got bad sign but Godam and Gundala have flying together and so romantic flashing the calling come on superheroes let's join us so we, we try to bring back those characters because most of us still know the characters, but uh, we don't know how to read, we don't know the story, we don't know uh, how to access like Riska. Yeah. So that's what Bumi Langit tried to do. We have uh, over than 1,000 superheroes in our library. Mm -hmm. uh, and nowadays, for this new generation, the high-profile products is movie. That's why we, we try from movie, although we start from comics, we try slowly from comics since 2003, and then it's rising very slowly until we have this plan to develop the movie, and the movie came out this August. Gundala, the first movie of many movies, from eight movies that we are planning up until 2025, and got a very nice reception. Thank you very much for some of you that might already watch. Directed by Joko, yeah? yeah? Directed by, by Joko, Joko Anwar, Anwar, one of Indonesian best directors. Uh, we got 1.7 million viewers. Not the highest viewers in Indonesia, but uh, if we compare with Indonesian action movie, it's only 2% actually from the whole Indonesian movie scene. So when we got 25% of audience from Indonesian movie market, I think that's that's a good start for us to to continue this these characters. So the the main point is, uh, I know right now we we actually as a creator I don't want to enjoy the the success riding on the nostalgic thing or riding or on on this fake nationalism. Yes. But uh, in any way it's helping us because most of our viewers, most of our readers now. Uh, first time reading Indonesian comic characters mm -hmm. uh, because of the hype finally Indonesian have won because uh, like 10 or 20 years back we all only be a consumer of Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, DC Cinematic Universe now we can say that Indonesia have a cinematic universe so uh, hopefully it, it can continue with new artists and new filmmaker new talents and and hopefully maybe Riska in the future can join us. Why not? Woo! You know, yes. also Putu too. He's yeah. very talented. Mm -hmm. And we ha we st I still have uh, homework to continue the... Sibuta dari Guahantu actually went to Bali one time. Okay. 
Okay. It's called a bloodbath in Sanur Beach. So uh, we want to remake the story with more Bali tradition, Bali uh, backstory involved. So maybe we can work together with uh, Bali artists. Why not? So that, that's that's uh, what we're aiming for: new readers mm -hmm. and new talents. But we, as we know now that you know, for years we have been exposed to the you know the talents, the creations of not only from DC and Marvel, you know, uh, and you know what was the challenge to really unearth, you know, the the legacy of Indonesian comics, which definitely does share you know similarities to what is happening in the West global world, you yeah. know. The, the challenge is your statement. Because uh, we, we always get compared. Mm -hmm. uh, back then when I haven't joined Bumi Langit, the comparison is always the drawing style. Okay. Uh, uh, people compare Indonesian comics mm -hmm. as doesn't have an identity. Always compared. It, it's too Japanese. Uh, for the US style artists, they said it's too US style. It's not Indonesian. Mm -hmm. So that's the first challenge. The second challenge, when we came up with these characters, they said, oh, Gundala is like the Flash. Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> some people. So we have to explain. Yes. No, uh, Gundala is not a speedster. Mm -hmm. Flash mm -hmm. is, a, is a speedster. So he, he can reverse time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Gundala can only uh, move as fast as a typhoon. You know the reason behind it? Because Gundala was developed in Jogja. Jogja is a very small city. And Pak Hasmi said, if Gundala moved too fast, before he can catch the bad guy, he already go to the beach, to the south beach. So the bad guy is left over there and then uh, too fast already. So uh, that's, that's the second challenge. So now in the movie, the same challenge arise. Uh, they compare it with, with Hollywood movies that got like 100 times budget from us, maybe 1,000 times budget from us, and then they complain about the CGI. But uh, one of the... But, but I think that doesn't happen you know, abroad because Gundala itself was presented and screened together yes. with DC that, Black, with that's Joker. That's one of the, like, crying, like, I kind of sad because the first uh, true statement from Joko Anwar that I read from his Twitter uh, actually make, make me a bit sad because I, Joko Anwar is tweeting that the Toronto audience, because the Gundala got, got opportunity to screen at Toronto International Film Festival, the Toronto audience understand the story. And then uh, Joko Anwar uh, very excitedly tweet that they get it. So that, this is uh, kind of sad because, yeah, yeah uh, you know Joko Anwar. Joko Anwar always make a story with layers, with uh, symbolism. First time I read the draft, I, I already say, if people can see the symbolism, this, is, this will be a good movie. But if people cannot see behind the surface, Maybe just a so-so mediocre, uh, people just hoping for the fight scenes and everything, superhero stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's one, of, one of the challenges to introduce the different angle of superhero universe. Uh, one of the different, the surface different with uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, with Bumi Langit, Jagat Cinema Bumi Langit, is they involve aliens, galactic wars and everything. We try to bring it back to Indonesia. So the universe was started in 2000, uh, 20,000 BC, okay. BC, started with the uh, Toba eruption. So the big Toba started it all in our universe, and then all those powers, all those magic stuff, it's, it's come from mysticism. More like mysticism uh, instead of uh, alien power. So it's fit with Joko True. style. So you really put in the Indonesian flavors, yeah? Yes, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully. Nice. Eki, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Eki, show us some more slides, you know. You, uh, you know. Well, I think it, it can be autoplay okay. and then, and, and then yeah. uh, the audience can see. Uh, okay, I, I, I will explain, explain this one, just yeah. a bit. Just. So this is uh, some of our characters. Right now, we, you, we choose two as the forefront. The, First is Gundala, and the second is the blind man from Phantom Cavern. But we, we, on the director's suggestion, maybe we will change the name into the sightless. So the blind man now became the sightless. The English name is mm -hmm. the sightless. 
So this is the universe. We have the, we call it Patriot, is the superheroes. And then we call it the Jaguan, Jawara, is the periodic, periodical characters. Mm -hmm. It's like in the uh, 17th, 18th century, it's involving Sibuta, Mandala, and all those more likely traditional martial arts. Yes. And maybe involving some of Indonesian Demit, evil Indonesian ghosts, mm -hmm. and Siluman. Yep. That's the. The Jawara Kampung. Yeah. Yes, that's mm -hmm. the story of. Okay, maybe uh, next one. Okay, this, this is the long history. Uh, then the next one. This is Gundala. So yes, maybe some of you maybe think it's like the Flash. Some of you will think like it's like a Captain Britain. But it it was created in 1969. So uh, back then, let, let me tell you a trivia which I shouldn't say. But this is an academic forum. So actually, uh, back then, Pahasmi as a comic artist worked on uh, based on the publisher's order. So the trend in the 1960s is about martial art comics. Mm -hmm. So we, we doesn't have yet, because before is uh, Sibuta was very successful. It sold like almost half million copies back then, which is very big, even for now. We, now we can only sell 10,000 copies and we already uh, made a party out of it. Mm -hmm. So Pahasmi was ordered by the publisher to create a superhero. Then uh, this one of the sample that given to Pahasmi is the flash. So Pahasmi create, uh, okay, maybe like the flash, but uh, I have to make it Indonesian. I have to make it uh, Jogja. So I put it in Jogja. So the power, okay, flash can run fast. I have told you before, but Gundala is not very fast. Uh, okay, the lightning. Then try to find the connection with Indonesian folklore. We have Ki Ageng Selo. It's a legend that can catch lightning. So that's the base of the characters. Okay, maybe next. Uh, maybe I skip next again. Next again. I just want to show you the pages of next again. Next again. This is a very long presentation, actually. If you have time, you can, you can join us uh, on Monday in my office. I will gladly <laughs> explain to you. Okay, this, uh, okay. Uh, before one. Be, and again, be back before. Uh, like previous one. Yeah. Okay, this is the comic that we accompany the movie. So, by the help of the power of movie and pop culture, finally we have a popular comics. Uh, the comics is made by Ardian Chef, Indonesian comic artist that previously worked for Marvel and DC. And we create this comic as a companion to the movie. And this comics is our first comic that got fourth print in, the f in its first month. And for my fellow English-speaking audience here, uh, we have a very limited English edition of the comics back mm -hmm. there. And the uh, Indonesian comics is available in the Gramedia. So I just yep. waiting for this slide to promote. <laughs> I, I need money to fly back home. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. uh, next. I thought Godam was going to take you home, man. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Godam is still on script development. <laughs> and this is the next step. We try to introduce the characters for younger audience, for three to five years old with Patriot Chilik. Mm -hmm. uh, literally, it's Kids Patriot. So we also have Gundala, but we have the flying one is Godam's son. We call it Putrago. The girl is Tira. And that one, the stretchy one, is not stretch mark, it's... Pangeran Melar, yeah, well, Pangeran Melar is actually a prince stretch. <laughs> and then we have Kalong, uh, supersonic boy. And then we have Sri Asih in the far right corner. So next month, eh, next month, next year, we will have two more movies coming out. It's called Virgo and the Sparkling, and then Sri Asih. And then, but also next year, actually, we will produce four movies, but will be released in 2021. So. Uh, we will need a lot of talents, we will need a lot of writers, we will need a lot of filmmakers and comic artists, uh, yeah. I mean, it seems that the approach is to make all of these legendary characters and creatures also, you know, in terms of uh, motion graphics as films, you know. Uh, you know, aren't you, I mean, going too fast with this? 
Don't you feel? Some of some some people tell us that we're going to ambitious like even before the Gundala release we already said that we will have the cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. And we 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 already announced all those casts, the A-lister yes. and got got some gossip that uh, why Bumi Langit uh, didn't spare any A-lister actor for other production house. <laughs> but yes, we are ambitious because <laughs> Because it's a it's a long overdue project. It started in '54, mm -hmm. and yeah, the Sri Asi was started in '54. Indonesian yeah. comic scene started in 1920 from comic strips, but yet we still have uh, we still doesn't have any any big uh, popular mm -hmm. products, integrated products in terms of pop culture started from comics compared to. Um, Japan compared to US so uh, the time is just right we have the right investors we have the right talent so why don't go full steam ahead nice good, good luck with that bro yes <laughs> thank you yes <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we have you know quite some time and that I do want to involve all of you you know to become part of this discussion because definitely you know uh, all of you have different perspectives of angles on, you know, the soul searching, the, the self-reflection of Riska, and then also the keenness of Putu, you know, in unearthing, you know, the local uh, literature, the tradition, and making it, you know, uh, as contemporary as it can be, you know, and how, you know, Bumi Langit, yeah, is really uh, working hard with all the licenses. You got all the licenses, yeah? Yeah, we manage yeah. all the license. So, so that in, so is does that necessarily mean that uh, you can really go, you know, far with the story, or are you, are you gonna pay tribute to all of the you know hundreds of collections that has been done by Hasmi? It's not just Hasmi, but also Era Kosasi and Banuarli, and then with NS and everything. And we can go as far as the only limitation is the the old readers' perspective. They will complain and mm -hmm. protest when we change. Gundala, we changed the costume if you watch the movie. Uh, it, the original costume is mystical. It is get out from a uh, necklace. Mm -hmm. From a necklace, then yeah. came out the costume and then Zap become Gundala. Mm -hmm. But in the, in the movie, we changed it to a homemade costume. True. So mm -hmm. it's just a leather jacket mm -hmm. and then wrapped with uh, what do you call bandalum. You know, the, 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 the tire. The tire, the, the, the rubber. Yeah, rubber. <laughs> yeah. So it's very, very homemade, but mm. we, we explain the, the process of making the costume. I mean, no wonder you, you're getting a lot of critiques. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. uh, but it's, it's a quite positive turns mm -hmm. because that's before the movie came out. Mm -hmm. So before we explain through the storytelling and everything, uh, mm -hmm. the older generation, older readers complain about why the costume has to change. You know, but it, why, but it, why yeah. the direction of you know, giving logic behind yes. everything? Then when, when we put the logic behind in the movie, is, I think nobody complain about that anymore. So, so they, they, I, complain, I, 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 they complain about other things, but they no longer <laughs> complain about the costumes. <laughs> uh, but you never know. You know one, yeah. day, one day the suit will come out from the you know, magical necklace again. You know? We already have the second suit. And it, it, the costume... This the costume mm -hmm. uh, in the movie. Uh, we call it. It's from the citizens. It comes from rakyat. Rakyat. So yeah. The from power. there, yep. we got our fan base name. Now is rakyat bumi langit. So be, just because of the <laughs> because of the movies uh, mentioning the word rakyat too many times. Well, that's I great. think that's uh, Joko's way to... Yeah, that's creative to, industry at yeah. its best, man. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, please. Uh, you know, I would invite, uh, you know, three commentators, please. Yes, silakan. Uh, okay, thank you for the opportunity. I want, uh, my name is Iza and I hi, want... Iza. Hi, <laughs> I want to ask question to Putu. Okay, so Putu, do you write your story in using alphabet or Aksaru Bali? Okay, alphabet. Alphabet. Uh, so, 
Do you have any plan to write it using Aksara Bali? Because when I was, uh, I grew up in Bali, in Negara, and I got Bal Bahasa Bali as my, one of the subjects. And to tell you the truth, I hate it. Because I have to write Balinese classical poem using Aksara Bali, which is very difficult. And it makes me doesn't want, do not want to read any Balinese literary works. So I think there are a lot of people like me, and we do not hate Balinese culture, we like it, but because it's very difficult, we tend to avoid it. So I think it's better, maybe you try to make us love Aksara Bali and Balinese literary works if you can make it more interesting. Well, the love part is a different thing, you know, it's another, another thing, but you yeah. know, we definitely have to start somewhere, Putu. Pasti yeah. akan kita harus memulainya dari harus memulainya dan you know, bagaimana artinya menanggapi Iza ya bahwa bagaimana kemudian kamu merespon dengan gerakan cinta aksara Bali yang sekarang ini memang tidak hanya digaungkan tapi diimplementasi gitu pernah nggak sih kamu keliling dan melihat ini benar nggak sih tulisannya ini airport ini benar nggak tulisannya dalam aksara Bali gitu pernah nggak gitu so have you been doing that you know that really checking the the uh, Balinese aksara with the alphabet Balinese Grammar Police. <laughs> <laughs> saya bukan uh, polisi bahasa ya, uh, yang bisa. Uh, uh, saya nggak pernah memeriksa keliling-keliling, tapi gini, uh, saya uh, terus terang saja di sekolah formal tidak banyak belajar bahasa Bali ya. Paling di sekolah kan nanya satu jam dalam eh dua jam lah dalam dua jam seminggu itu kan nggak berpengaruh sekali. Saya uh, aksara Bali saya bisa sedikit-sedikit mungkin. Karena cara kedua soal itu aksara Wianjano bisa saya, terus aksara apa namanya, aksara suara terus dan lain sebagainya. Tapi tidak semua, uh, misalkan aksara-aksara yang bisa dibilang wayah gitu yang 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 kayak aksara modre, saya nggak bisa itu. Saya cuma bisa dasar-dasarnya aja kalau aksara, karena ya saya emang nggak mendalami itu, saya cuma menulis menggunakan huruf Latin. Uh, abjad ya. So, so at the moment I'm writing using the alphabet. I'm not very familiar with a lot of the transcripts. So uh, in 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 um, in the Balinese transcript only the basic stuff uh, because the reason at school we only learn a little bit, about a couple hours. Um, so there's not much in there. Uh, so my main uh, objective is writing. Uh, Balinese language in the normal alphabet. Tapi kalau baca aksara, saya ngerti sedikit-sedikit. But I can read that aksara. Tapi there's an opportunity for you, Eki, actually, to use uh, all the, you know, the wealth of Indonesia aksara, you know, the traditional aksara, into, you know, maybe in, in, in terms of the writing, a sacred text. What do you think in the near future? Is that going to happen? It's already happened, but in Japanese language. So we just have Two weeks ago, we, we launched a new comic, we call it Godam. Godam, Godam is the, the next most famous superheroes, but we create the new one. So we publish it online in Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so uh, people can read it for free and getting to know the, these Godam characters. And we use a lot of uh, Japanese script there because the original creator, Pakwit NS, is very, very... Uh, putting a lot of effort in in adding some Japanese philosophical theme inside of the story. I, I, we even use the Japanese tagline. It, uh, if some of you understand Japanese, it's Sedulur Papat Limo Pancer. It's actually the concept of human being and relation to God in in superhero stories. So the next one will we will be exploring. And currently, Bumi Langit is trying so hard to create uh, characters that can represent the diversity of Indonesia. Because uh, honestly, we, we were lack of it. We still doesn't have any superhero characters from Papua, or distinct characters from Sumatra. Mostly, it's Japanese-centric. And we have some from Maluku. But we, we still have to develop a lot more characters uh, in addition for the characters that we already manage. 
I mean, so you're, you know, you're really pushing towards the... We're trying to do everything, uh, the, uh, the so make it the, or break yeah, it. The Binika Tunggal Ika. Yeah, sound mm -hmm. naive, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we just like the style of our comics. Mm -hmm. So we do our comics in classic styles. We remaster the old comics and reprint. Mm -hmm. And then for, for new audience, if they want to find out uh, what's the classic uh, comics. And we also create in manga style, in Japanese style. We also create in cartoon style, like Patriot Chilik. We also create in US style, Western comic styles. And we also create in European styles. Uh, it's not because we we feel that we can, but we just try to reach as much as audience uh, that we can. Then we see how the response, maybe we will uh, focus on one thing, uh, because we, we're still in incubating process right now. Yeah. Congratulations, and Rizka, you know, we, we haven't touched on the issue of, you know, uh, bullying, yeah? You know, that has been a central theme, uh, which is, was part of the theme that you presented to UNICEF, was that? Part of it? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Was it more cyberbullying or you know physical harm? What, can you can you tell us more? Yeah, like so as you can as you can already know, bullying is not only being bullied, uh, verbally bullying, like telling people about about something bad about about their bodies, their physical appearance. Bullying is not only talking about those bad things to people. It's about more like destroying their minds, destroying their destroying their ideology, destroying their own critical thinking for believing in their own self. And bullying can actually came from uh, like internet, cyberbullying, um, also that uh, in schools, not only bullying can actually happen to kids, it actually can actually happen to teachers itself. Um, whether, whether it is intentionally or not intention, or in, unintentionally. Um, it's also that uh, besides the bullying, there's also violence in school, like sexual, uh, getting sexually violent by, by your peers or maybe someone older than you, maybe uh, children getting sexually violent by their own, their own teachers or maybe adults itself. Um, I, I used to get uh, sexually abused by, by, me, by someone that I don't even know who actually came from school itself. I cannot say his name because, yeah. <laughs> um, it's really hard to actually representing the story of bullying or maybe violence itself to other kids because the content itself might get too sensitive for children that they may actually get triggered to their brain uh, that can, uh, which might lead them to think that uh, maybe bring back their own trauma, trauma to surface. Uh, so it is really challenging to create a comic that fight against bullying because bullying itself is actually a form of violence, right? So in order to defeat violence, we try to combat violence with non-violence way. So that's why my character, Chipta, uh, she actually has a superpower that can turn her drawing into, uh, into controllable 3D beings that she can control with her minds that can combat bullying without, not, not combating bullying, but it actually to encourage people around her to, to speak up about her problem, telling others not by fighting the bullying itself by violence, but with more peaceful way. Uh, whether it's through, it's through writings, or maybe uh, telling other people verbally, or maybe to encouraging the whole society itself to, to be more aware about the bullying, not trying, trying not to focus on the bully itself, or maybe or, uh, the victim. That's the system that we try to change by encouraging the whole society to empowering, uh, not focusing on the bullying or the victims, but to be more aware of violence. I mean, first of all, I would commend you. You are such such a brave person. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we empathize for you, you know, and then, you know, it really takes courage, yeah, uh, about, you know, how you know, to speak up, you know, your yeah, own exactly. personal experiences and then not only to be speaking about from your perspective, you know, not, it's not only about you, mm -hmm. but, you know, you really have the maturity to put this forward as a contemporary issue that's being faced by all of us, you know. Yeah. So once again, you know, bravo, you're, you, you know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we just been notified that we have another five minutes. 
Okay, maybe one, one more from the audience. I think Please. it's 15. 15? I thought it was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was it? No, okay. Well, well, we make it 10, you know. Silakan, uh, from the... Dari belakang dulu, tadi. Ya, silakan. Yeah, you got it. You already got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eh, should I use English or? Silakan bebas, bebas saja. Oh ya sudah. Nama saya Dedo. Uh, saya ingin bertanya pada semuanya. Yep. Uh, mungkin seperti ini pertanyaannya. Apa yang paling penting buat kalian? Kalian bertiga adalah pekerja seni, ya kan? Apa yang paling penting buat kalian? Uh, preserving originality, menjaga koorisinalitasan ko ko sebuah karya atau people value jadi kayak uh, saya nggak tahu Gundala sebelum itu hype jujur aja saya nggak tahu Gundala sebelum itu hype dan selanjutnya kayak ada Virgo and the Sparkling soalnya ada Adisti Zara makanya saya <laughs> saya suka uh, jadi kalau menurut kalian apa yang lebih penting, uh, maksudnya mana yang lebih penting? Karena uh, tadi dibilang kita kalian bikin karya untuk mengenalkan identitas Indonesia. On the contrary, kalau misal kalian bikin komik dan di, di remaster dengan Japanese style atau dengan berbagai macam kartun, otomatis menghilangkan identitas kita. Jadi mungkin itu uh, pertanyaan saya. Menurut kalian sebagai pekerja seni, ya bukan hanya satu aja mungkin uh, semuanya. Yep. Mana yang lebih penting untuk kalian? Korini ke <laughs> originality atau people value? Mm -hmm. Mungkin itu dari saya. So I mean currently for Putu and then we'll go to Rizka and then Rizky, you know, uh, which is you know at this stage, you know, what is most important for all of you in you know spreading all of your messages. Silakan. <laughs> okay, okay. Th this is a problem since first time I joined in the Indonesian comic scenes, 2006. Yes, I'm not that young. 2006, I already joined in Indonesian comic scenes, and after all these years, uh, I try to I get to a conclusion that what is the identity of Indonesian comics? First, it was made by Indonesian. Second, it was published in Indonesian. Third, it's made firstly for Indonesian readers. That's it. So the, the question about styles, the question about influence, the question about the medium is all behind already. So it's, the most important thing is the creator is Indonesian. At least one of the creators of Indonesian. You can, you can, we have a lot of Indonesian talent working for Marvel and DC, but we cannot uh, say that that's an Indonesian comics. But if it's made for Indonesian audience, that it's an Indonesian comic, and that's enough for me as an identity. And then uh, speaking about which one is more important, I cannot choose between like originality and uh, people's uh, value. For me, the important things is the small details that you put in your comics that you try to uh, send a message to your readers. And then you got a feedback from your readers uh, in form of your comic got uh, bought. Uh, they read the comics and then maybe they will approach you and say thank you. That's a very honorable for me. Uh, or, or maybe they will uh, yell at you why you ruined my superhero childhood and everything. That's also a very uh, appreciation for me. So that's because comic is a medium. Just like uh, novels and other storytelling medium, uh, the most important thing is you can communicate with, with the readers. Uh, so that's the, the important thing for me. Well, actually, my second already referencing the wall insert itself from my, from my brain. But yeah, I'm going to add some a little bit from my perspective. So back, back when I was still working on Chipta, I got uh, like I got a session with Gabriel Piccolo. He actually worked with uh, DC and Marvel, uh, and he told me that uh, the essential of art style itself is that try not to find your own art style. So that makes me think that 
uh, there's no such thing as uh, Disney. Uh, Indonesia has their own art style. Japanese has their own art style. Well, yeah, actually they have, but um, it's more like uh, art style. It's give identity to to the creator itself. It's not representing the whole the whole nation. Where where do they come from? But it's actually the, the, the identity. What kind of art style that this creature can make? So say my art style. It's actually in between between manga and also between in cartoon cartoonish style something like that. Um, which is, yeah, I think, um, between between having an originality or people people needs, it has to be. Uh, you, you can we can we can actually meet all of their. Uh, let's say the bar itself. We 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 made our bond. We uh, we made our bar because yeah we can we can please all of the people. Yeah, yeah. I hope that my answer is kind of. Sebagai penutup, mm -hmm. oke okay, originalitas dengan uh, Viper Fuse. Uh, saya sebenarnya milih original tapi uh, pemikiran saya saat ini apa sih yang benar-benar original? Ide apa sih yang original? Ba uh, menurut saya semua ide itu sudah dipakai ya. Kita cuma memix, kita mempretelinya, menambah, menarik dan lain sebagainya. Kita tidak bisa bicara tentang ke originalan sebuah karya gitu. Kita tidak bisa berbicara tentang itu. Kalau menurut saya boleh, yang lain boleh tidak setuju, tapi menurut saya seperti itu ya. Tidak ada sesuatu yang original hari ini, karena kalau ngomong tulisannya, kita sudah mengenal karya-karya dari zaman dulu, mungkin beberapa abad yang lalu. Misalkan saya ambil contoh Mahabharata, Ramayana itu udah dulu, dan kita hari ini menggunakan itu sebagai pedoman, dan kita mempretelinya untuk dan kita menganggap itu yang baru gitu, tapi menurut saya tidak ada yang original hari ini. Kalau masalah people views, kalau di Bali siapa sih yang mau baca tulisan berbahasa Bali gitu? Jadinya uh, saya ya mengalir sajalah gitu. Kalau berkarya ya berkarya mengalir mau dibaca mau enggak, oke okay, itu uh, urusan belakang kalau saya. Well the underlying apa uh, summary from the all of our you know lovely speakers that. You know, they are taking the role of being a creator, you know, uh, as part of also being a preservator. But most importantly for them, I mean, more importantly is for them to take the charge and, you know, lead us into a world of fantasy, you know, with brimming, with uh, adventures, you know, with also uh, insights, you know, for, you know, a better future. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, as a closing, uh, let us uh, befriend all of these characters and let all of these characters and stories take us into a journey into, to into the future. And thank you very much for your kindness, your uh, patience for this session. And once again, I applaud all of you and also of the speakers. Thank you. All right, this is the end of Homegrown Hero Session, but we would like to invite you to have a look. Um, there is a Gundala merchandise um, over there. So. Uh, Di belakang sana ada merchandise dari Gundala, kalau misal mau melihat-lihat. And don't forget, um, at 5 p.m. you can join for...